The Lord be with you. I want to share with you tonight um, a very simple message, but it's in response to what some of you have been asking concerning the nature of faith, and I believe that um, it may be time for all of us to take a second, third look at what it means by faith, but also to place that right in the very heart of our Christian living and the strength and the life by which we live. And so let me read from Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28 through to the end. Isaiah asked the question, you should look at all the questions of the Bible, they're potent. He says, do you not know that, that, that's a response to the cry and concern and anxiety of certain persons that he was addressing. And, and in response to their anxiety, he said, Do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? Now, I mean, as he said, don't you know, have you not heard? That's a pretty obvious statement that the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. That is, he knows and he knows what he determines. He knows what he purposes and he knows it better than we could ever know it. And he knows that he, the one who never has strength that wears away, never knows exhaustion. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. So notice there are three words there. He gives strength, and he gives might, and he increases power. Then he looks at us left to our normal selves. He says, though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly. So when he addresses youth, he is speaking of, uh, I mean, the prime of your life. If you're ever going to have strength, it's going to be youths. But he said, though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men, that speaks, uh, we would say, those in boot camp, that they are disciplined, they can lift heavy weights, uh, vigorous young men, but they, they'll stumble badly. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. Many of your versions read there will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. He is describing a situation in which the strength of God that cannot be depleted is now united, infused into normal human beings so that they can do what, naturally speaking, they cannot do. And not only do that, but they can endure when normally they would become exhausted and fall by the way. That's the passage. It's a great, great passage, and many persons know those last verses. There are many a kitchen wall, you have it. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. 
mount up with wings and so on. The central word of this passage, right from the beginning when it's talking about God and right through to the end when it speaks of his uniting us with him, he speaks of strength. And this word in the Hebrew language is an all-inclusive word for strength. That is, you might say, an umbrella where it covers every kind of strength that we need in order to be fully fulfilled in our humanity. And so it speaks of, the word is already used there, vigor. Um, it, it means the inner resources of might and power, all those words we use there. So, so this is strength. It means there's an inner, that it's not something from the outside. We are not talking about some artificial strength that is given to us so that we feel strong because we've taken something to make us feel strong. This is from our innermost being outflowing through us an inner resource of might and power. So elsewhere it's, it's translated as a fullness of strength. But, but it's not just being strong. The word means that you have the ability or the capacity to act and to do. So this isn't just looking at something and feeling strong about it. This is the power, it's the ability, you have the capacity to actually do it, to actually put into practice. And when I said this is an umbrella word, Remember, that means that I am strong and able to act in my core being, my innermost spirit, the heart of you. You are strong, or you are strong. You have a capability to think and to do in your mind. It means that you're strengthened in your emotions, which produces the joy and the peace, the rejoicing and the gladness in God. And it means a strength of body in the very cells of our body to do and to act. And so it, it means all of that. There's a capability not only to do, but to keep on doing. And so the word includes the idea of an enduring strength. It means that you have that inner ability that is, say again, in your spirit, your mind, your emotions, right through to your physical. You have the strength, ability, capacity to cope with, handle all situations. And the word is used elsewhere to describe especially the hard situations, hard times. When there's pressure from the outside, it is meant with this strength from the inside. And so the word is also used to describe the strength, the ability to defeat an enemy who is seeking to come from the outside to crush you. Well, I could keep going, actually. It's a, it's a very big word. But I hope you've got the idea. I'll return to it later. But these verses, uh, and I tried to tell you as we read through them, they, they are speaking of two kinds of strength. The two strengths. And, and again, I say this word in every way you use it is from inside to outside. 
And so the, the two kinds of strength, and, and the first one, which begins with describing God and ends with his sharing that with others, it's the divine strength of God, the God who is never exhausted, the God who is never depleted. Please understand this. Whenever we speak of God, whether we speak of his love or here we speak of his strength and his power, we always must underline the fact that he is it. You've heard me say so many times, God not, doesn't have any love. He is love. Love is not something merely attached to him. It's not a passing mood. He's not more loving today than yesterday. He's not having a bad day. No, he is it. He cannot be other than he is. And so this word, God, is strength. And, and so haven't you heard? Do you not know that the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't become weary or tired. He, his strength is never depleted. And that the burden of this verse is he gives that strength, divine strength, which is the divine life. He gives that as free gift to us humans. And that, that's where it says, it, we read it, he gives, gives, his gift, he gives his strength to the weary, to him who lacks might. He increases their power. So that's the first kind of strength we're talking about there. And really, that's what the whole verse is talking about. But in the middle there, you have human strength. That is the strength of myself as a creature. And as soon as I speak of that, the New Testament calls it the flesh, my mortality. And that is always limited, always. There's only so much strength I have and then I run out of gas. And we, we call that I'm burned out. Uh, I, I'm exhausted. It's, it means that I'm very easily depleted. And there's only so much water in the glass. There's only so much gas in the tank. And so I use it up and then I'm burned out. I'm exhausted. I'm weary. And remember, I'm speaking of my inner core spirit, my mind, my emotions, my body. I think you get the picture. We, we, we've all known this, this sucking away of strength. As we try to face the outward life and we try to face the persons that are part of that outer life and we feel ourselves it's been sucked out of us, our human strength. And so even young men who are in their prime, even those who are disciplined young soldiers, they come to the point of exhaustion, says Isaiah, and they drop by the wayside exhausted. Now, I, I said this is a simple message. It really is, if you've been listening to me for very long. On the other hand, I want you to listen, because I'm speaking in absolutes here. There's no gray areas. Let me say it. You and I, we were not created to live from our natural, our native creature selves. Now, Please, I want you to hear that. Our blueprint, the design 
from which I was made, and again, beginning in my inmost self to my outermost person, the blueprint from which I was made does not even envisage separation from God, the source of all strength and life. Did you hear me? The blueprint, you know what a blueprint, the design of a human like you, like me, that design does not include, it does not even imagine that we would live separated from God, the source of all strength and all life, that our human life would be lived from His strength. We would, our humanness would be infused with His life. We would live in union with Him. That's the blueprint. And you know that if a car does not conform to its blueprint, it doesn't work. That's our problem. The blueprint of the human race before creation, before there was anything, before time, before space, before you, before me, the blueprint of the human race was Jesus. See, Jesus didn't just show up halfway through our history. Jesus is God with God. And, and he is invested in Jesus, the Son of God. The Father has all of his thoughts and his dreams, his plans and his will and his purpose. The entire imagination of God concerning creation, concerning you, always was from before there was anything it was in focused in jesus read the new testament jesus is the original image of god he is the exact image of the father and he was that before time or as jesus said when he took our humanity he said if you've seen me you have seen the father and so when you and I, mankind, was created, Genesis 1, it says we were made in the image of God and in His likeness. And so we were created after the blueprint of Jesus. That's why, and I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but that's why when God, the Son, Jesus, became flesh, he could take up residency, become authentically one with our humanness, including our body. I mean, have you ever thought about this? That God could easily, without any problem, live and express himself in our bodies. He thought our thoughts in his mind. He knew the rise and fall of our emotions. You realize why? Because our person, who we are as humans, and in the imagination of God, even our human bodies, it, it was an image of Jesus. Jesus is the blueprint so that when he becomes flesh he can dwell in our bodies and still does 
It's an amazing thought, to me it is anyway, that he is the original image and we were made in his image. And it would always be through him, through Jesus, that we would receive the life and the strength of the Father. We, we would, look, you and we were created to live in union with Jesus, union, one. And Jesus is in union with the Father. And that union is in the Holy Spirit. So it's saying that you and I, in our original creation, we were created to be in Jesus, who is in the Father, in the Holy Spirit. There we are, wrapped up tight inside the love heart of the Holy Trinity, actually receiving, because though we're wrapped up inside of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we've got two feet planted on earth, and therefore we go about our business, we do our job, and yet from within us we're drawing the very life of God, joined to Jesus, the source of that life. That's the gospel, by the way. That's the gospel. Nowhere in the New Testament, nowhere in the earliest believers did they ever say you'll go to heaven when you die. You go to heaven when you rest in Jesus. Uh, going to heaven is not the end, it's the beginning point. That's where we start. That, that, that's sort of where you get on the train, not where you're going. Right now it says we're living in the heavenly dimension. Oh, wake up. See, that that's the New Testament. It continually addresses believers. Don't you know? You, you have been brought in Jesus back to the very reason of your creation, that here and now, within society, on this planet, within all that happens on this planet, you in your innermost being joined with Jesus, you are where Jesus is in the love of the Father. You are now participating in his life. You are now strong with his strength. Well, you see, it was at that point, right there, just what I've said in the last five minutes, that is where the great lie that shattered humanity, that's where it hit. Uh, and, and really, if we're going to understand what sin is, because most people, if I say what is sin, they'll tell me it's stealing, it's adultery, it's murder. No, they are the outer bands of sin. The very heart, the energy, that which Satan injected into the human race. The lie, Genesis chapter 3. That, that's the deadly blow. What was the lie? What? lie did Satan tell that absolutely shredded all that we were created to be? It was a lie, or I should say the lie, and it was concerning God. And I'm rushing over this, uh, but enough to say that the lie, it, it, it cast a dark, ugly shadow on the beautiful face of the Father and basically said he's not love and he's not good and you don't want to be around him. 
but it also which is more to the point of what we're saying here it struck the blow about that union do you remember what the lie was it said you shall be as god oh that i mean what it's 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 hardly a sentence it's just there just a little tiny statement you shall be as god but that was the lie that like a nuclear bomb created what we see today what what is that what is it saying you shall be as god that is you were not created the blueprint was not that you should be in union with god no you should be an independent god not not in union with god a creature dependent upon drawing from living from god through the son jesus no 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 that that's not true he said you shall be as god you all independent of yourself in yourself for yourself you shall be as God. you know he's over there but you don't want to get around him you shall be as god so the lie announced and remember it's the lie of all lies it announced that we are the architects of our lives we draw the blueprint of who we are we are the designers and we custom design what we believe we should be and we're completely separate that's the key word of the lie separate because as soon as they believed the lie they became separated from each other did you notice that you, you've heard the the I'm sure you've read the story in Genesis. As soon as they believed the lie, what did they do? They plastered themselves with fig leaves. What does that do? It separated the couple. Adam separated himself, covered himself so that Eve would not see him. She would only see what he wanted her to see. And he was separated from her, even as she did the same, and separated from him. And then when they heard the sound of the love of God in the garden, they ran and hid behind trees and separated from God. And we could keep going on that. Separation is the key word to sin. It's separation from God and each other because I am the designer of my life. I'm not dependent upon God. I find my strength within myself. I'm independent. And of course, I, I emphasize that's the lie. This design that we have for our lives, this um, blueprint by which we say now this is living if I can do this if I can get that if I could become that then I would be alive then I'd have the strength to live that's a great illusion that's as got 
as much substance to it as a spider's web on an August morning. It looks beautiful with the dew. It looks like sparkling diamonds, but touch it and the whole jolly thing falls apart. It's an illusion. It only looks like diamonds. It only looks like substance. There's nothing to it. Blows away. But you see, that's the lie. Mankind believed that he would be the shaper of his life, that he would determine the reason that he was here. But you see, that cannot be. We, we often speak of free will, as if Adam had the freedom to choose God's will or another will. Oh, hold it, hold it. No, the only reality is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the only reality. Adam was free. Free to choose the freedom that God is. But if he doesn't choose that, there's no alternative. Please understand that. There's no alternate blueprint. There's no other possibility. You can't scrap the Creator's blueprint and then design a custom one for yourself. No, that cannot put that in bold, underline it in purple. Any design that the human has in his illusionary independence made for himself, there it cannot. No, there is no alternative blueprint to the creators. You're left with nothing. Within our creature flesh, oh, marvelous though it is, incredible though it is, but <laughs> In my creature flesh, I cannot be what I was intended to be because I was created to be infinitely more than this creature flesh. The marvel of my creation, your creation, is that God himself would join this creature flesh and live himself in me, with me, through me, so that I would live, yet not I. It would be the strength and the life of the Creator. So, if I'm only left with my mortal flesh, if I've declared independence from His blueprint, then I cannot, again, cannot, there's no possibility, you cannot live out of your natural self. You, you cannot be an independent God, a source of self-sufficiency, apart from an independent of the Creator. Cannot, cannot. Then what are you left with? The Bible calls it death. Absence of life. Absence of strength. Oh, no wonder you get anxious. And death, separation from the only life who is the Son of God, Jesus. So outside of union with Jesus, we cannot be alive in the pleasure of God, which is that pleasure he created us to know. And so in this over here, this darkness, this walking death, this blindness that the lie has caused us now to be 
hopelessly engulfed in over here we grope in all these illusions of what we're trying to say now that's life this is what it means to have strength or we come up with the formulas all those formulas that are part of our design if only I do this and do this and do that then uh, I'll have the perfect life I'll have strength I'll have life I'll have joy I'll blah, blah, blah. you know what I'm talking about all, all these silly rules where we try to live beyond the limitations of the flesh but of course we can't and we know we can't unless we are <laughs> immersing ourselves in the lie and denying what's going on inside now normally aware of our weakness we cover our weakness we cover our failures with masks that is fig leaves so to make sure that those around us don't see who we really are then the mask is our pretense to be strong it's our uh, what we're presenting to others to say this is this is who I am you see I made it I'm an independent God while all the time I'm saying that behind the mask I'm screaming out looking for the life I pretend I have I I inside I'm filled with shame because life isn't working and guilt and then we fortify those masks by looking through the mask at others and assuring ourselves that we're not like them we use people as mirrors to look in and say I thank you oh God and of course you're talking to yourself then I'm not as other men and we further blind ourselves go deeper into denial now let me say this religion religion assumes we're separated from God that, that's the business of religion to try and give you something from the outside a rule here a formula there a ritual here something that's going to so they say connect you with God that's the business of all the religions in the world to try and find that magic something that will connect us with the God we are separated from so it makes up all the rules in order to ascend to that elusive union with God that's religion so God bless you I love you and I really do or I wouldn't be talking right now but if you had the sense of separation and you are trying to keep rules and formulas so that you'll get to God or God will be pleased with you I'm afraid you're stuck in religion which is the always religion is of the lie see Jesus did not come and join us in our history join us the human he didn't come in order to strengthen the lie ever thought about that because many people believe that that Jesus came to this independent over here and said I'll strengthen you so you'll be better liar you, you'll have a stronger mask come on many people believe that actually no he, he didn't he didn't come which is amazing if you're thinking of Jesus as a new religion but but he didn't come to give us um, 
comfort or exhortation to try harder to do better he didn't add a whole bunch of rules and, and, and said you've got to keep all the rules or religion has given you a thousand rules but go back to Jesus he didn't he didn't give us more extreme discipline and call us to struggle the more so we could keep a new and improved law which would be an impossible law anyway he does not strain our natural strength to the breaking point Jesus never burns you out rather amazingly he calls us to cease from our struggles and trusting him to enter into an unearthly rest that's Jesus you see Jesus I say it again is God from God who has now taken to himself forever our humanness God became human and he said that in that humanness he would reveal the father he would reveal the original blueprint he would tell us who we really were do, do you get that God came from God joined us in our humanity and in that humanity he showed us who we really were and in so doing showed us who the father really is and what the father really wants See, Jesus didn't come just to set us an example. That, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? I mean, if, if Jesus is just the example, then I feel far more condemned by Jesus than by the law of Moses. The law of Moses is bad enough. It shows my guilt. But Jesus, he transcended the law of Moses. If, if he's just an example floating five foot above our ground, and say now try and be like me or, or tell us now every time you do something I ask, what would Jesus do you say uh, I now I'm condemned out of my mind now I'm filled with guilt no no Jesus that would only strengthen the lie that would only be Jesus saying you can do better you can be an independent God go for it boy go for it no 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 he called it the lie and he said that he was the source of not another law but to do away with the law and he himself would be the source of life and strength and called us to that he came into a wilderness of death and darkness got a hold of us and said you're living in the lie and i'm come to take you out no, Jesus is not a new and improved religion. He is not a religion. He did not come to found a religion. Christianity in its New Testament purity never was a religion. It's the person of Jesus who himself is the blueprint of who we were created to be. And he is the source of the life that we were intended to live with. And therefore he in the gospel is the prototype of a new race of people who are joined to him. And that's the gospel. You see, Jesus said, and he's almost, I can almost hear him uh, almost saying this text from Isaiah. He said, come to me all who are weary 
and heavy laden. I will give you rest. And the word weary there means a toil. It means working your fingers to the bone and it's resulted in utter weariness and exhaustion. That's the meaning of the word weary. Heavy laden with a thousand rules and formulas and do's and don'ts and shoulds and oughts and musts. Come to me, he said. Are you sick and tired of religion? Are you sick and tired of being an independent? Because you're not, you see. That's all an illusion. That's all a lie. He said, come to me, not to a new law, not to a new list of rules, but to me, said Jesus. And me, he said, I'm the door. I am the way. I, I Look at me, and this is what you were created to be. Human, but human with God himself infused one with he is God by nature he is unbeginning God God the Son but he's now taking hold of us creature and say share my life participate in me that's what you were created for and he says you will find rest to your soul the word rest means refreshment means that long drink of cold water at the end of a day slaving in the sun. Actually, it means something like a vacation. It, it, it meant Sabbath rest to those who heard it. It was what God always intended back in Genesis where he says he, he set aside that day, the seventh day, to be a day of rest in which he and the human would dance together, delight in each other. But of course that never happened. Now Jesus said, I'm come to give it to you. This is what Isaiah was speaking of. He said, those who wait on the Lord, and in my translation it says, gain new strength. Your may say, renew your strength. The fact is that word in the Hebrew language actually means to exchange. And so they try to say that in the word renew or gain strength. But I really think the word exchange says what the word means without any help. Exchange. That is, here am I. I am strengthless. Or if I do have strength, it's very limited. If I, if I have life, it's, it's very limited. And it doesn't work. And, and God is saying, I will exchange your strength. That is, I will take your weakness and I will give you my strength. Uh, an exchange. Do, do, do you understand that? Our weakness then is swallowed up in his strength. And this, of course, he was looking forward to the day in which we live looking forward to the day when Jesus would bring this to pass. But this is exactly what Jesus did. He came where we are. He took our sin. He took the whole economy of the lie. He took it. And in taking it, entered into our death and then broke Death, in fact, death died in the death of Jesus. 
and in his resurrection he gives us his life a life now that cannot die it's already been in death and defeated death and now he gives that life to us and he gives that life to us which is the life he enjoys with the dance of the father and the holy spirit it's an exchange and of course the word we've already looked at exchange uh, and and it's strength that he gives us let me remind you that the vigor the the might the power the fullness of strength that inner ability to act and to do it's the strength that rises above all outer pressure because the strength within you is greater than the pressure without it's the strength to overcome all enemies you see this that is the relationship that was got the name christianity galatians 2:20 how many times have you read it i mean I live yet not I it's Christ who lives in me isn't that what I've been trying to say the whole time I live he never took away my humanity he celebrates my humanity I've never been more human till I discovered the gospel celebrates our humanity but he celebrates our humanity as humanity was meant to be united with Lord Jesus Christ God the Son or again Philippians 4:13 I can do all things as strength yes through Christ who strengthens me or better maybe is who infuses his life with mine and when Jesus talked about what it would be like after he died and risen and ascended and the holy spirit came he said in that day you shall know that I am in the father and I am in you and you are in me see union he said in that day that's what it will be about you'll be restored saved from that great darkness of death and lies and you'll be restored to the reason of your creation that's what I've come to do I've come to find you and rescue you and take you to this home John 15 I mean read the chapter but Jesus again is defining what is going to be the gospel he says abide in me or live in me and I will live in you look this is not sort of an add-on strength Jesus doesn't tweak your strength so you know I, I'm I'm not like him I'm not like her I would never do that I'd never do that I'm not a bad chap and Jesus said no you're not a bad chap just let me give you a tweak here and there and make you no 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 the whole jolly thing over here as long as I am separate my own independent self living by my blueprint even if that's a religious blueprint that says if I keep this rule and that rule and the other rule no no, I'm sorry there's all the lie that was taken by Jesus to death the good news is you are united with him that's the good news it's the only news he doesn't tweak our best he crucified our best and said now this 
is the only life. In the light of all that, said Isaiah, wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, gain new strength, or exchange their strength. Wait. Now, this is, this is it. This is the word. Okay, basically, the word wait. Forget everything that you might associate with it. That is like waiting for a train, waiting at the checkout line, waiting for someone who seems never to show up. You know, the continual looking at your watch, you're waiting, you're waiting. No, forget that. It's got nothing to do with that. The word wait means to look for, but to look for with great anticipation, uh, to expect with excitement. It's to, actually the word is also hope, but again not as we use the word hope. The word hope means an absolute assurance that thus and so is the way it's going to be. So it means to look eagerly for. There's always that excitement and eagerness because you know that it's going to be. See, this is the essence of faith. Hear me. Listen to me. What he's saying here, we eagerly expect and anticipate what God eagerly anticipates. Why else would be we waiting? I, I, I mean, you could... <laughs> Why do you wait at a bus stop? To go back to that. But why do you wait at a bus stop? Because the bus uh, owners promised that they would be there at the bus stop with a bus at a certain time. Why do we wait with this far grander meaning to the word? But why do we wait? Because God the Father himself has promised and he believes in his own promise that Jesus, the Son of God, will bring us back to what we were intended to be. The blueprint himself will come and destroy all the phony blueprints that we made and he will conform us to the real blueprint. The Father believes that. The Father's expectancy is in his son every thought every dream every imagination every purpose all the will of the father is focused in jesus and the father believes in his purpose and the father believes in jesus but not just jesus he believes in jesus having brought you into himself he believes in you in Jesus. Yeah, you see, it says, let me quote that verse again. I live, yet no longer I, but Christ lives in me. And the faith that I now have is the faith of the Son of God. And, and if you've got a very modern translation, they won't say that because... God bless them, they don't get it. Even though that is what the Greek says, they have said faith in the Son of God. No, it's not faith in the Son of God. 
It's the faith of the Son of God. Jesus believes in what he has accomplished in you. Do you hear me? Jesus believes in what he has accomplished in you. And the Father believes in Jesus and in what Jesus has accomplished in you. For that was the Father's plan and Jesus fulfilled the Father's plan. So what am I waiting for? Ah, I am expecting, I'm eagerly anticipating that everything the Father planned in Jesus and everything Jesus accomplished for me, in me, he did it. So I'm on tiptoe, yes. Everything the Father believes. I, what's my faith? I believe what the Father believes about me in Jesus. That's waiting. It's the essence of faith. His design, his blueprint cannot fail. All these other things that humans have made up, they're like cobwebs in a hurricane. But his design can never, never fail. And that design that is in Jesus is eternal life. It's the very life of God. So to wait, to wait means that we turn away from the lie and all its miserable imitations of life and all its phony strengths. We turn away from the guilt. We turn away from the shame. We turn away from our hostile purposes against God. We fling away all our promises and dedications and stupid formulas. And we believe what the Father believes, that Jesus, <coughs> Jesus is the blueprint and is also the way to the blueprint. And it's joined with Jesus that I find life. That means repentance. And that's a word that I wish they'd left it in the original Greek. I've told you many times, the word repent means to change your mind. I was raised to believe it meant weeping, wailing at the front of a church on a Sunday. Hello, woe is me, woe is me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, that's not the myth. That is the most wrong interpretation. The word repent means change your mind changed my mind. Yeah, I say, I, I believed I was independent, that I, I was separate from God, and I had to try and please Him, and I had to do something for Him, and I'm over here looking over there saying, what would Jesus do? No, repent. Change your mind. God has taken you and put you in Jesus. And Jesus, through death and resurrection, ascension, has carried you right inside the Father. That's who you are. And I expect then, faith says yes, I expect that to take place in my life on a daily basis. Oh yes. Interestingly, the word wait, this particular word wait in the Hebrew language, means to be braided together. It means to weave together. So yeah, our waiting is that we, the Holy Spirit weaves us together with Jesus. And, and that, that's, that's the gospel. That's the 
creation blueprint and Jesus says I in you and you in me this is the good news the good news what is news except the announcement of something that's happened I don't come to you and say look God will forgive you if you do this and this and this see you that isn't that what you usually get God will forgive you and he'll save you after death sometime um, if you repent and if you have faith well if I know nothing I suppose I have a go at it but it sounds very much like the impossible work to me I mean am I going to be sorry enough because those people never know the real meaning of repentance so it's am I going to be sorry for my sin enough yeah, maybe not go back next Sunday try again is it enough do I believe enough no that that leaves people always I, I don't know where I am no you see the gospel is news and news is an announcement of something that has happened it has nothing attached to it that you've got to do to make it happen no the good news is that God has achieved his purpose he's brought forth his blueprint Jesus and Jesus has come where we are and carried us inside of him to where the father is and sitting at my desk in an office working in the factory studying in school working in the house and the home and the garden whatever I'm doing I am in this world but I'm not of it because I'm braided together with Jesus that's the good news it's done it's finished so my response is well I better change my mind I had better think about God and Jesus very differently I didn't know that's who the father is I didn't know that's why Jesus came and I didn't know that's who I am bound up with him through what he did and if that's the truth and it is the truth then I will rest in what the father believes I will rest in what Jesus has accomplished and he believes so that my faith looks out and rests upon who I'm looking at faith never turns inside to say do I have enough good grief that, that, that's ultimate condemnation faith is your inside eye that looks out and sees Jesus that's the blueprint and he's achieved it and I rest in him so you see the good news is the good news the glad news the merry news the news the best news you've ever heard it's not on your shoulders God has taken it upon his shoulders to take our weakness our strengthlessness carry us to death and in resurrection give us his life his strength so that I now live in this world in the very strength of God himself God love strength with never a thought of separation I would say this the mark of spiritual immaturity is to think that we are separated from God you know so me over here I, I've got to somehow connect 
by doing something. I've got to live for God. You ever heard of any of this? I've got to do a work for God. They told me that when I left Bible school. Go do a work for God. Burn out for Jesus. I tried to do a work for God and I did burn out. No, over here I've got to get his strength. No. Even the youths shall fail, be exhausted, and the young men of discipline shall fall in the ditch. Doesn't work. Because we're not over here. He, Jesus, has placed you inside of him, and he's inside of you, and his life is your life, and his fellowship with the Father is your fellowship. For you to be alive is Christ. That, that, that's the gospel. Don't live for God. We live from His strength. We don't work for God. We work from Him. Well, that's it. I'm afraid my time has totally gone. And I trust this message, which I said is simple in that it's, it's Gospel 101. But I trust that it has come alive to you in a fresh way. And you will go to rest and live your life from His strength exchange strength and you see you never get beyond it even though it's 101 you never get beyond it rise this day and realize for me to live this day is Christ and face his pressures is Christ and I have strength to overcome strength to do strength from the inside not something I've got to get okay and now the God who loves you with an everlasting love the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit now be with you. Now open your eyes to see that all is done and all is life in Jesus. So I bless you, and so it is. Amen.